0: In today's study, Dr. Missler begins his teaching on the book of 2 Kings, chapters 11 through 13.
1: Well, Father, we just thank you for the evening. We thank you for the resources you've made available. But above all, Father, we thank you for your word and your spirit. We do pray, Father, that you would open our hearts and lives to your word, that we might have that which you have here for us, and help us, Father, to discern and grow and learn. We pray, Father, too, that your purposes will be accomplished in each of our lives as we commit ourselves in your hands, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we're in the fourth session of 2 Kings. Believe it or not, we're halfway through after tonight. Chapters 11 through 13. Now, just by way of refreshment here, you may recall that uh second Kings picks up Jehoram in both cases, both the uh, southern and northern kingdom. And uh, the northern kingdom goes from bad to worse for about two centuries, and the southern kingdom lasts another century because they have a few good kings, but they go into captivity too. But And uh, we're going to focus a little bit tonight on this gal that ends up be- for about six years becoming queen of the southern kingdom. That comes as a shock to many people. They actually had a queen just, in, on, on the throne of David. So we're going to cover our little window of, of interest is sliding down the scale here as we move through. We're about, as I say, halfway through Second Kings by the end of this chapter. We're going to talk about Athaliah's evil reign in Judah. Now let's talk a little bit about her family, or you won't be able to follow what we're going to try to explain here. The house of Judah, of course, with David, Solomon, Abijah, Asa, Jehoshaphat, and Jehoram. The northern king, of course, had a lot of different d- dynasties, but the one of the powerful one was Omri, very very powerful guy. His son was Ahab, who married Jezebel, and they left their imprint on history eternally. They were that bad. But uh, uh, they had among them a gal, Athaliah, and a couple of sons, Ahaziah and Joram. And Athaliah marries Joram, which is very strange. Here's a a, a uh, A daughter of a Phoenician Baal promoter that marries a a king in the southern kingdom. Now, by the way, Joram has six brothers. We'll get into the details there, and of course, also the from Joram and Athaliah, they have uh, a handful of of children, and a daughter by the name of Jehoshaphat. She may not have been a daughter of Athaliah. She may just be a may be a step. You know, it may it may have been a, a different. Combination, but she certainly is a she's a she is a descendant of Jehoram, as you'll see. Now, and we'll, so, she, Queen Athaliah, daughter of Ahab and Jezebel, that says it all. Of course, she married Jehoram, the eldest son of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. And when Jehoram was thirty-two, he succeeded to the throne, and thus Athaliah, who was a Baal not only a Baal worshipper but one that promoted it, just like Jezebel did, she became queen of Judah. And the first recorded act of Jehoram's reign is that he murdered his six younger brothers. And most commentators take for granted, by understanding the whole dynamics here, that it was very likely that Athaliah put him up to it. She talked him into it, so there would be no threat to the throne. But she had her own designs, probably. Now, uh, her husband dies of intestinal sickness, and so suddenly the, the, it's, it's, her right way is clear, but she's got grandchildren in the way. See, after eight years of royal life, Athaliah became a widow, And her son Ahaziah, who was then 22, ascended to his father's throne. So far, so good. But within one year, Jehu kills Ahaziah, along with the brethren of Ahaziah, and their sons are killed. Remember? We just got through that. So, Athaliah then destroyed all the royal seed of the house of Judah. So, she she had her opportunity. And uh, the marriage in the first place was one of expediency, of course, between her and uh, and 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 he and that marries a blot on the on the memory of Jehoshaphat, and uh, so is fatal to the cause of piety in the Southern Kingdom. And you have to understand that uh, Athaliah is zealously, fanatically devoted to the these Sidonian Baal, and of course Elijah's blow to Baal in Samaria uh, uh, was just before her accession to power. Did nothing to mitigate her zeal. In fact, probably intensified it. Now, we're going to discover, of course, her, her husband dies, but uh, there's no doubt about the fact that because she was a much stronger character. And she was more aggressive than her husband was anyway. So anyway, now she's queen mother. She's, she's, she, uh, she has a chance here. Uh, she's supreme in the councils of the nation, of course, in the royal palace, young King Falls. And uh, so the, the only person that stood between her and the throne were her grandchildren. And so here's where ambition takes over and fired by the system. And the opportunity, she massacred the royal seed. So she wipes out all the royal seed of the house of Judah. Now, if that were true as it stands, that would be terrifying because that would break the plan of God. Because we need the seed of David, it has to be unbroken to the Messiah, right? Fortunately, there it says all the seed, but that there is an exception. There's a little footnote we want to pay attention to. Joash, which was just a baby at the time, about a year old, escaped by the intervention of his aunt, Jehoshaphat. And we'll talk about how that all comes about in a little bit. But she doesn't know that. See, Queen Athaliah doesn't know that. So she herself proclaimed herself sovereign. She, she, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tribute to her guts and her, her gossip that she was able to hang on to that throne for six years, even though she's actually a usurper. A portion of the temple of Jehovah was uh, pulled down, and the material was used in the structure for the Temple of Baal. But, of course, ultimately, there's a counter-revolution. This is sort of look ahead here, but to give you an overview here, Jehoiada, he, she, she is a daughter, she is thus a brother of the king that died. And she married the, uh, and, and, uh, uh, excuse me, Jehoiada uh, married the, the daughter of Athaliah, Jehoshaphat. But Jehoshaphat is not only a daughter of Athaliah, she's also a daughter of Jehoram. And Jehoiada, it, it, uh, he, he gets promoted to high priest because he's married the daughter of the queen. But what the queen doesn't realize is that he's really a believer in the God of the Bible. He's secretly true to Jehovah or Yahweh, however you want to say it. So for six years, he and his wife hide the young child of Ahaziah and concealed uh, that child in their apartments and then in the temple. And in the seventh year, they they organize a counter revolution, and you will get into the detail when the time comes. But Athaliah will be killed by the avenging guards. That'll be good riddance. So to give you another review of this, we have Omri, Jezebel, and Ahab, which of course have Athaliah, Ahaziah, and Joram, and Athaliah marries Jehoram, who has six brothers, and uh, the union has Ahaziah and several brothers. Now Jehoram kills his six brothers. Instigated, we believe, by Athaliah. Joram himself dies of an intestinal illness, which puts Ahaziah on the throne, which of course thrills Athaliah who's already been she's been acting as a queen, queen mother anyway. But Jehu shows up and wipes out Ahaziah and Joram and uh, Ahaziah. Ultimately, Jezebel gets her due. Now, Etheliah then has uh, some strategies here. Oh, also her several brothers, the several brothers of Ahaziah also die. So that really clears the deck for Ethaliah. So she murders her grandchildren, overlooking, fortunately, that one of them, Joash, gets taken under wing by Jehoshaphat, who is the daughter of Joram. So he, she's faithful to Jehovah. Her husband, because of, his, of their posture with the queen, has been appointed high priest, but the two of them are really faithful in secret to the true worship of the God of, of, uh, of Moses. And so they take it upon themselves to risk their lives, of course, by secreting the child primarily in the temple, some temple apartments, until the time is right. When the time is right, they, of course, spring the counter-revolution. And, and of course, that's when Epheliah finally gets her due. Uh, the two of them, Jehoiada and Joshua, also, they, they, uh, Zechariah derives from them, and uh, Joash will be succeeded by Amaziah in the succeeding sessions. So that's a quick snapshot, and it makes a little more sense if you see the family tree. I thought that'd be helpful. So let's move on. Okay, uh, 2 Kings 11, verse 1. And when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the seed royal. Nice motherly response to her grandchildren. But Jehoshaphat, the daughter of the king Joram, the sister of Ahaziah, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him from among the king's sons, which were slain. And they hid him, even him and his nurse, in the bedchamber from Athaliah, so that he was not slain. Let me suggest, by the way, this is an example of something that I encourage you to make a notebook and search the Bible for. You you can study the Bible from cover to cover in terms of God's plan Being attacked by Satan. Satan's agenda is to try to thwart the plan of God. And as God reveals his plan more in in prophecy, it gives Satan a chance to focus his attack. Initially, he engineers the Cain Abel murder. Uh, Then when he knows that the the Redeemer has to come from an unblemished human line, he has his fallen angels contrive with the women and produce these hybrids called Nephilim, which God just sets up the flood for. Wipes them all out except eight that are unblemished, that have an unblemished genealogy, according to verse nine of Genesis six. And on it goes, whether it's famines or whatever it is. You'll notice there's always plus. when 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 uh, uh, when uh, Satan uses the Pharaoh of Egypt to wipe out all the male children. There's one that's put in an ark and and raised by her natural mother. By the way, God works that out. I mean, Moses is incredible. And uh, as you go through all of history. Um, you'll find that whether it's the babes in Egypt or whether it's the babes in Bethlehem, Satan is always trying to wipe out the seed to prevent the redemption, redemptive plan of God. And you can almost map the Bible as sort of a, as this kind of, uh, cat and mouse game, so to speak. Satan is always trying to thwart the plan of God, but God always thwarts the thwarter, okay? Now, here's a case where Amaziah, uh, uh, excuse me, Athaliah, um, knowingly or unknowingly, she's a demon-possessed pagan zealot here, is trying to wipe out the seed royal. She is Satan's instrument, whether she knows it or not. But God raises up Jehoshaphat and her husband, and they secret away the baby and protect it for seven years until the time is right when... Uh, Ephraim gets her due, and the, the child is—you'll see—is is established as a seven-year-old, eight-year-old, what, seven-eight-year-old king. Uh, again and again, this the same scenario occurs. And the and the great one to check out is uh, Jeremiah twenty-two thirty, where where God is so upset with Jeconiah that He pronounces a blood curse on the royal line. You say, "Wow!" And, I, and Satan must have celebrated then. Boy, God it's over a barrel now because He's, uh, Messiah has to come from the royal line, but there's a blood curse on the royal line. And God has a scheme there, and I'll let you dig that out on your own. If you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, it'll be a fun study for you. Let's move on. So Jehoshaphat, the daughter of King Joram, the sister of I took Joash, the son of Isaiah, and stole him from among the king's sons which were slain. And they hid him, even him and his nurse, in the bedchamber from Athaliah so that he was not slain. And from other passages, we know that he also was uh, tucked away in the temple the temple chambers for a while. Well, there's a lot here, but let's keep moving, I guess, so we'll bog down. Verse 3, and he was with her, hid in the house of the Lord six years. And Athaliah did reign over the land. So she just usurped the throne. There was no one strong enough to challenge her, of course. In the seventh year, Jehoiada, that's the high priest, sent and fetched the rulers over the hundreds, just the senior guys, in other words, with the captains of the guard, and brought them to him into the house of the Lord, that is the temple, And made a covenant with them, and took an oath of them in the house of the Lord. Can you can you picture this, guys? He brings the leadership together, gets them to swear, and then he shows him that there is a living heir to the throne. Can you imagine the excitement? A challenge because there's a lot of problems, but that's you know. I don't know if you've seen The Man in the Iron Mask or some of these fictional kinds of things. It's a, You think that this could really lend itself to some pretty dramatic um, uh, scene setting here. Anyway, he commanded them saying, This is the thing that ye shall do. A third part of you shall enter in on the Sabbath and shall even be keepers of the watch of the king's house. A third shall be at the gate of Shur, and a third part at the gate behind the guard. So shall ye keep watch of the house that it shall not be broken down. And two parts of you, all of you that go forth on the Sabbath, even they shall keep the watch of the house of the Lord about the king. So they're going to make a semester. They're going to just surround the king here with military arms. See, And you shall compass the king round about, every man and his weapons in his hand. This is the high priest talking. You're not going to mess around. And he that cometh within the ranges, let him be slain. And be with the king as he goeth out and as he cometh in. In other words, they're going to guard him as his life here, isn't he? With their lives. And the captains over the hundreds did according to all the things that Jehoiada the priest commanded. They took every man, his men that were come in on the Sabbath with them that should go out on the Sabbath and Je- to Jehoiada the priest. So uh, I might mention, by the way, uh, the, the kid was kept in the apartments for a while, but they're also kept in uh, the temple according to Second Chronicles 22, if you want to read the background on the stuff here. And so he's going to be made, he was there for six years, he's one year old when he was hidden, so he's basically seven years old when they set him up as king. We've got all the loyal people ready to go here, and I think the instructions seem to be pretty straightforward, um, dividing in three groups and so forth. The ceremony, of course, will take place in the changing of the guard on the Sabbath when the temple area will be busy, probably on a feast day. They want as busy an area as possible. This is going to be a fait accompli by the time the smoke clears here. So, and the captains of the hundreds did the priest give King David spears and shields, which were in the temple of the Lord. So these are special uh, 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 armory, if you will, kept in the temple for state occasions. So uh, the whole idea is that this coronation is not only supposed to be official and important. This is going to be very dramatic. Everyone passing by will realize that this is a big deal going on. Verse 11, and the guard stood, every man with his weapons in his hand round about the king from the right corner of the temple to the left corner of the temple, along by the altar uh, and the temple and brought forth the king's son and put the crown upon him and gave him testimony and they made him king and anointed him and they clapped their hands and said God save the king so it's quite a ruckus big crowd big turnout a lot of pomp and ceremony it's all going on when Ethaliah heard the noise of the garden of people she came to the people she came to the people into the temple of the Lord so she heard the ruckus she did know what was going on Oh, by the way, another small point here. Um, they, uh, verse uh, 12. They put the crown upon him and gave him the testimony. Uh, that is, they gave him a copy of the covenant, the Mosaic law, or at least part of it. So he's making they're making a, a, a double covenant here, a covenant to him and a covenant to the Mosaic. That's a very, very key part of what's going on here. They're anointing Joash with oil symbolizing his uh, endowment and so forth. Um, and when she looked... Behold, the king stood by a pillar as the manor was and the princes of the trumpeters by the king and all the people of the land rejoiced and blew with trumpets. Nathaliah rent her clothes and cried, Treason! Treason! <laughs> How ironic. How ironic. She's she's the one that's doing that. You know, she she looks and she sees the, this little kid here with the royal crown on his hand standing by the pillar at the eastern gate of the inner courtyard of the temple. That's uh, That's where the king normally addresses the people. Uh, when uh, in the temple area the elevated platform obviously set up and all that sort of thing she uh obviously quickly she's not stupid she figured out what was going on here and uh so she cried treason treason but uh, verse fifteen but joidah the priest commanded the captains of the hundreds and the officers of the host and said to them have her forth without the ranges and him that followeth her kill with the sword for the priest had said let her not be slain in the house of the Lord. They're not going to kill her in the temple. They're going to get her outside. Because they do, it would not be appropriate. But it's interesting, you know, uh, see what Jehoiada had done is not treasonous because Joaz was the legitimate heir to the throne. Athaliah was not a legitimate heir because she was not a blood descendant of David. She was the one that was guilty of treason. And so they were commanded the uh, he commanded he told, uh, Jehoiada commanded took ordered the commanders to arrest her. Lead her out of the temple under guard and kill anyone who tried to help her. And uh, it's not appropriate to kill them in the temple because it's a place of worship, according to Second Chronicles twenty-four and elsewhere. And so they had hands on her, and she went by the way which the horses came into the king's house, and there was she slain. So she was she put to death the sword at the place where the horses entered the palace grounds, the horse gate as it's called, not the horse gate of the city, but the horse gate of the temple area. And so of the life of one of the most wicked women. In Scripture, the true daughter of Jezebel, in spirit as well as blood. And Jehoiada made a covenant between the Lord and the king and the people. Wow, let, let that sink in. The covenant is between the Lord and the king and the people. Now there's a three-way deal here. That, that they should be the Lord's people between the king also and the people. And that's an important issue. This is, in effect, the high priest. He's leading the people into a rededication of themselves to the Lord and his covenant given through Moses, which, of course, they departed from since the days of Jehoshaphat. He also made a new covenant between the king and the people. The king would lead the people according to Mosaic law, and the people should obey the king. So that's the issue of all, all that there. And then what did they, they followed through, and all the people of the land went into the house of Baal, break it down, his altars, his images, break they in pieces thoroughly, and slew Matan, the priest of Baal, before the altars, and the priest appointed officers over the house of the Lord. So they tore down the temple of Baal, of course, and altars, and so they killed, they killed their high priest and all the rest of that. And he took the rulers over hundreds, and the captains, and the guard, and all the people of the land, and he brought... And they brought down the king from the house of the Lord and came by the way of the gate of the guard of the king's house. And he sat on the throne of the kings. So, see, to avoid recriminations from the devotees of Baal, Jehoiada posted guards at Solomon's temple. That's basically what's going on here. And at the end of the coronation ceremonies, the people led by Jehoiada's guards, they conducted the new king to his palace where he sat on the throne. So they moved from the temple to the throne area. And... uh, and all the people of the land rejoiced and the city was in quiet and they slew Athaliah with the sword beside the king's house. Seven years old was Joash when he began to reign. So it's exciting because the people. The reason the people are rejoicing is because a descendant of David ruled and the worship Jehovah was again the official religion of the realm. And uh, so the turmoil that had existed during Athaliah's reign of course can you imagine uh, it was the city was quiet again and if you're interested in learning more about Athaliah you can read second chronicles chapters 22 and 23 right in that area it cover all there's a lot of a lot of detail there that's that's uh, we haven't had time to develop here and uh, see just as Jezebel had promoted Baalism in the northern kingdom Athaliah had promoted it in the southern kingdom and during her reign Baalism and got its strongest hold in the southern kingdom. But it was never as influential there as it was in the north, fortunately because some of the kings were, uh, they, had, they had some kings that had a stronger commitment to the Lord. And uh, Now, um, seven years old was Jehoash when he began to reign. And he had a good reign. He didn't do everything he should have, but he did, pretty, oh well. He, he The beginning of his reign marks the beginning of a hundred years of consecutive rule by four men who are judged as good kings in the word of God. And none of these four, Joash, Amaziah, Azariah, or sometimes called Uzziah, and Jotham. None of these were as, good, as uh, good for Judah as Jehoshaphat, Hezekiah, or Josiah. In other words, Jehoshaphat, Hezekiah, and Josiah were stronger in their day. But these four guys together provided the longest continuous span of God-approved leadership in Judah's history. So that's worth commenting on. So this starts a, a century of relatively stronger times. That doesn't mean those four are the strongest of the eight, of the seven or eight kings. There's three others that are singled out as good guys uh Jehoshaphat, Hezekiah, and Josiah, for example. But uh, you can read, you, know, you you form your own opinions as you get to know them. Well, let's move on to 2 Kings 12, in the seven, in verse 1. In the seventh year of Jehu, uh, Joash began to reign. In 40 years, he reigned, he, in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Zibia of Beersheba. Now, Joash was the youngest king to mount the throne of Judah. He was seven years old. Um, uh, he reigns for 40 years, they figure. And uh, the uh, he was a son of King Asa and a woman named Zibiah from Beersheba in southern Judah. And verse two, and Joash did that which was right in the sight of the Lord all his days, wherein Jehoiada the priest instructed him. So, as long as Jehoiada, the priest that raised him, in effect, as long as he's alive, the kid does pretty well. But when Jehoiada finally dies, then he he he, he uh, wavers and he 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 fumbles. He doesn't he doesn't finish well. So, uh, is when his mentor dies, he's. He's he's in trouble. In verse three, but the high places were not taken away, the people still sacrificed and burned incense in the high places. And so even though he, he had years of faithfulness, he ruled well, but he did not remove the high places. And that's true of most of the kings of Judah. We commented on that back in first Kings twenty two. People made sacrifices and burned incense, contrary to Mosaic law, and they didn't they didn't stamp that out, unfortunately. These were high places probably regarded by Joash as relatively unimportant, but they were important to God. So that's the there's a lesson there, isn't there? And Joash said to the priests, All the money of the dedicated things that is brought into the house of the Lord, even the money of everyone that passes the account, the money that every man is set at, and all the money that cometh into any man's heart to bring to the house of the Lord, let the priest take it to them and every man of his acquaintance, and let them repair the breaches of the house, wheresoever any breach shall be found. And so that's his plan here, of course. His purpose is to restore Solomon's temple, which obviously had fallen into disrepair after seven years ineffective of a, a compromised use. And they and apparently he suffered major damage in Athaliah's reign. and 2 Chronicles 24 talks a little bit more about that. So this is the first temple restoration project recorded in either 1st or 2nd Kings. And uh, so that was his intent, but it didn't work out. But it was so that in the three and th- uh, 20th year of King Joash, the priest had not repaired the breach of the house. And the King Joash called for Jehoiada the priest and the other priests and said to them, "'Why repair you not the breach of the house?' Now, therefore, receive no more money of your acquaintance, but deliver it for the breaches of the house. And you know, see, apparently the revenue from the normal revenue sources was insufficient to support the priests and the Levites and also to pay for the temple repairs. So they're keeping it for themselves, in effect.
0: You've been listening to 6640, the ministry outreach of Koinonia House and Koinonia Institute. Today's Bible teacher was Dr. Chuck Missler, teaching through the book of 2 Kings. For a complete listing of resources available, please visit khouse.org. You can also call us on 1-800-K-HOUSE-1. To learn more about Quinney Institute, visit quinneyinstitute.org. Thank you for listening to 6640 and for your continued prayerful support of this ministry. Until next time, as we continue this series, May God bless you with the knowledge of His Son, Jesus Christ, as you study His Word.